Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. The Department of Homeland Security is an illegal agency, and it has partnered illegally with tech platforms. It is 100% fact that they are using these platforms um, to perform censorship. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I like knowing exactly where my tasty, delicious meat comes from. And with Moink, that place is small family farms all across America. From farm direct to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish. Moink is dedicated to helping save rural America. Join the Moink movement today. The Moink difference is one that you can taste and feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Simonoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Keep America farming by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Dana right now and get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Dana. That's moinkbox.com slash Dana. Thank you, Corrine. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says that he invited President Biden down to the border. How does the president RSVP? (laughs) (laughs) We know know the president's never been down to the border. The possible next speaker says that he wants him to go with him, so is he going to? So look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. uh, And since he took office... When when did he go to the border? Since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. And that's why on day one, he put forward an immigration uh, immigration reform, a piece of legislation uh, to deal with uh, what is currently happening at the border. When did he go to the border? Are we sure? Did he like need to put a bell on him? Did he sneak (laughs) away at some point? Is that what it was? I mean, he's surrounded by... Secret Service. I mean, he's the president of the United States. Unless he was trying to show everyone how easy it was to, like, sneak down there and, you know, all that stuff because he doesn't do anything at the border. I don't know. I just... I Very interesting. Welcome to the program. Top of the mo- afternoon to you. It's... Th- I don't know why I said that. It's Thursday. I'm in a weird mood. It's Thursday, December 1st. Yeah. Mariah Carey's unthawed. So... It's om- it's almost Christmas season, kind of, right? Yeah, oh, it is, yeah. December 1st. So welcome to the program. The, I, what they were trying to say is that Joe Biden had gone to the border previously when he was, uh, during a campaign stop, I think, was it when he was vice president? Because that's the one thing they didn't actually clarify. His campaign stop when he was running with Barack Obama as VP, because he didn't go down there when he was campaigning. He didn't go anywhere when he was campaigning. Remember, he didn't go anywhere. So, what was it? I'm curious. I think we all are. Where did he, where did he, when did he go down there? So it had to have been when he was campaigning with Barack Obama. So it was like one of those things where he just maybe sort of showed up near the border, but wasn't actually there. That's kind of what it sounds like. Oh, he's, yeah, he's been there. When? Mm-hmm, he was there. Mm-hmm. When was he there? This new stuff. It sounds like that, right? The answer sounded like a, a teenager trying to avoid trouble. That's kind of the, that's what I got out of it. The teenager trying to avoid trouble. Good heavens. So that's how 
The transparency, though, right? I mean, was it, didn't he say he was going to be President McUnity, the most transparent president ever? And yet, not. So there you have it. So that's one of the things that we're watching today. There's a lot of there's a couple of developments, a couple of developments that are happening too, uh, with tech and free speech, which we have been talking about. We've got some action in the Senate as well, and uh, some the, another Fifth Circuit, a Fifth Circuit court rejected Biden's appeal to reinstate the college loan vote buying. So we're going to get that as well. And uh, we got a lot of updates on that, a lot of Senate stuff. I got some wokery for you and a bunch more. But that's, um, no, he hasn't actually been to the border. That was the back and forth between KJP and uh, Peter Ducey yesterday. And it, they still haven't really clarified it totally. It just seems like if you're, you can't, don't lie to the people that write about what he does. That's just so stupid. It really is. Don't, don't lie about this stuff. They, it's always, they get themselves in trouble every single time. Now, some of the other things that have come up, very interesting from Daily Signal, they said that documents have revealed that Senate Democrat Sheldon Whitehouse was pressuring the IRS and the Department of Justice to target conservative groups. Rhode Island Democrat had called for revoking tax exemption for conservative groups who didn't mask up and socially distance during the pandemic and insisted on harsh investigations of other conservative groups and demanded that the IRS expand its reach. This is really really reminiscent of the targeting of the IRS when the IRS went after Tea Party groups back in 2009 and 2010. And I had friends who were absolutely targeted by the IRS for this. And the IRS actually had to settle because they were found, they were guilty as all hell. They had to settle. Lois Lerner was the, uh, was the individual who was in charge of that witch hunt. And now we have 176 pages of correspondence from and to White House that was obtained by a conservative watchdog group called American Accountability Foundation. They got it through a FOIA act. They shared it with the Daily Signal. 176 pages from and to Sheldon Whitehouse, where it was abundantly clear that he was trying to, all those 87,000 new IRS agents, we told you this was going to happen. He wanted to put them to work investigating conservative groups over politics. And if you thought Lois Lerner was bad, I just mentioned her, White House has been called Lois Lerner on steroids. He's been a massive critic. He hates conservative groups. And he was, he's been in his seat since 2006. One of his big things is dark money. He's fine with dark money when it's donations to his campaign, but he doesn't like, I don't, I don't have a problem with dark money. I think money is speech. But they said that Lois Lerner, the way that, it, that the way that the watchdog described it, Lois Lerner, while still huge, that was mid-level bureaucrat stuff. This is a U.S. senator trying to use the IRS to go after people who have been critical of him. And, for instance, they targeted Turning Point USA. They wanted to revoke the tax-exempt status of Turning Point USA because they had an event where they didn't have masks on their face and they didn't social distance. And so he wanted the IRS to go after them because they didn't wear masks. They didn't wear a scientifically proven, completely irrelevant piece of cloth over their mouths and nose. That's and they wanted them. They wanted him penalized for that. This is crazy. And a lot of the documents, they 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 were heavily redacted. But the, the but Sheldon Whitehouse specifically referenced Turning Point USA. And part of that letter is on his Senate website. 
So we added, just to, just to recap, we added, and by we, I mean we opposed it, Democrats wanted to add 87,000, double the size of the IRS for this kind of stuff. I told you, we told you this was going to happen. They are gearing up to unleash hell on anyone who disagrees with them. This is the literal definition of fascism. I feel like we don't teach this stuff. We have, a, we have an epidemic of stupidity in this country. We have an epidemic of complete illiteracy as it relates to basic economics. And we don't, people don't even know what, what different types of ideology are. This is exactly forcible suppression of opposition. This is exactly what fascism is. Textbook fascism. And let me remind you that the people who have always in history, all throughout history, the people who have always wanted to control other people's speech and, and engage in censorship, they have never been the good guys in history, ever. So this is some of the latest. And I'm glad this ought to be headline news absolutely everywhere. And... It's not, which is really troubling. There was a, one of the other things that White House did in this is he cited far left groups who targeted conservative groups, even targeted pro-life groups. And they wanted to basically, I mean, not basically, they were, he, it was a, there was one 2012 uh, letter where they wanted the IRS to go after a bunch of nonprofits that the left didn't like because the left doesn't like, they didn't like the opposition. I mean, I don't know how much more blatant you can get. I just want to remind people that we dumped tea in the harbor for less. And furthermore, there were, in looking at this, looking at this data, because Daily Signal reached out to IRS and Treasury Department and Justice Department, and they, they of course, none of, those, none of those bureaucracies responded. And White House, apparently, this is Sheldon White House, he was at a Senate Finance Committee hearing. He was trying to do all this under the table so he didn't have to address any of it in a Senate Finance Committee meeting. None of it, he didn't want to have to bring any of it up. But they, I mean, it is an absolute abuse of his position. The interesting thing is that the IRS didn't respond to all of it. I think they were still stinging a bit from the Lois Lerner fallout. In fact, uh, there was one think tank that said it's actually, you know, we're actually kind of thankful that he didn't engage, that he, that the IRS didn't indulge in what the senator asked them to do, fully at least, but you have to remain vigilant. I mean, we are in the, we live in the world now where you could absolutely get a knock on your door from the IRS because someone who sits in Congress wants to silence political opponents. This is stuff that you hear, you know, Maduro doing. Not here in the United States. This was the caution. This was the warning that everybody was talking about. Expanding the IRS. This is, couple what was done with that piece of legislation with the lack of Respect for Marriage Act. Because the Respect for Marriage Act is about nothing else, and I will go toe-to-toe with anybody on this, it is about nothing else than targeting any kind of religious, faith-based, any opposition to the left on this issue. And by opposition, they categorize 
basic you do you, I'll do me as opposition. Anything other than full on adoration and acceptance and adoption is considered it's considered hateful. It's considered they they want that to be actionable. The whole thing with that lack of respect for marriage act, there has never been any kind of risk at all whatsoever to any same sex individual that had a that had been legally recognized as as being coupled. They were they had their a same sex union or same sex marriage. They I mean that's they're not going to lose any legal status. They weren't going to lose any benefit. Absolutely nothing. And that is what we talked about this yesterday. That's what Obergefell did. All the governments in every single state had to adopt it. It is status quo. It was not going to, it, it would not, nothing was going to change that. Nothing was going to change it. They were looking for a way to do it, though. And that's when I brought up how you had Justice Clarence Thomas He wrote separately because he was talking about substantive due process, which is different from due process. Substantive due process is the uh, that's that's the judicial activism. And he was saying, look, you better be careful with substantive due process, because then you're going to call into account reevaluation of everything. And he wasn't saying it as a threat. He was explaining the logic, saying, like, that's what you did with Roe v. Wade. Don't do it again. And so the left's like, oh, my gosh, he's threatening us. So we have to do something. That's what this is all about. Zero protection for anyone. So you take that and you couple it with those 87,000 IRS agents and you just think about what you're going to get. Courtesy of the Biden administration. Pretty unbelievable. Doesn't get, doesn't get any more blatant and ridiculous than that. We have a lot more uh, coming up. I've got woke. I got a lot of wokery for you. We have the latest uh, where it comes with the war on free speech. And uh, more because apparently Tim Cook met with Elon Musk yesterday and Cook said that they weren't going to they weren't going to kick Twitter off the app store. So we're going to talk about that. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs and apparel all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran founded and run Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving Serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so Al Roker apparently went back to the hospital again for more treatment for blood clots. He had a lot of blood clots, lots of them. Uh, He apparently was back. He had some complications. He said he was in good care. He didn't go to the Rockefeller tree lighting thing. Uh, That was last night. So, But apparently, yeah, he has uh, some blood clot issues Uh, in his leg. He had some in his lungs. Good heavens. I hope he's double vaxxed and boosted and all that. I think he had all of his vaxes and boosts and, and all that stuff. Listen, okay, this is creepy. 
Dozens of cattle slaughtered by a mystery creature that left no tracks. Dozens of cattle in Colorado have been slaughtered over the past two months by an elusive predator that has left no tracks. In October, 18 dead cows were found just outside of the town of Meeker. Some looked like they were killed by wolves, but officials with Colorado Parks and Wildlife found no wolf tracks or evidence of that predator in the area. In the two months that local wildlife experts have searched for a culprit, at least 40 calves have died. And the rancher who lost them says he he thinks that maybe it was a canine attack and they maybe it triggered that or or aliens Sasquatch or Sasquatch aliens. I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, let's see this. Go, da, 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 da. Oh, in New York City, retirees are suing the Adams administration for fifty five million dollars over fifteen dollar health care copays. Retired New York City government workers, they have some of the most generous taxpayer-provided benefits in the U.S. They're suing the administration for $55 million because they have to pay $15 uh, in co-pays. They have better health insurance than I do. And they, they're suing for $15 co-pays. They said it violated a court order to not impose additional costs on retirees, blah, blah, blah. Well, I guess you should have thought about that for voting for Biden and raising, you know, the price of everything up. And a wormhole created inside of a quantum computer teleported a message from one side to the other. Whoa, I saw a horror movie that started like this. Stay with us. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arne's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. It's not that's but that's no one's doing that. First off, where does she get me and the elderly get really confused? Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I want to go back to the cattle story. That was way more fun than talking about this Liawatha here. Uh, So it's no, I'm saying it because it's true. Uh, You're you're tolerable curmudgeon here. I that was a very you could tell I was I so I watched the video. Did you watch the video? She got mad. When was that Jackie Heinrich that was asking her that question or is that a different reporter? She's she's a blonde headed uh, lady. 
But Warren got mad when she was asking her this. And she turns around and she has this hateful look on her face. Like this nurse ratchet look. And she said that, you know, people shouldn't be able to go. First off, what is what? Can we just give me a moment? Indulge me for a second, will you please? What is this whole you shouldn't be able to go into a dark room by themselves? Who says that he's first off? Where the hell? What kind of what are you? What are you? What is that? People just go into dark rooms by themselves. That's just a weird that's weird by itself. And then decide how that person gets heard from. No one is doing this. You people are just mad. You're not being censored. You're mad that you can't censor conservatives. That's all there is to it. And furthermore, you literally said a year ago, Twitter's a private company. All of you people did. So what's changed? Oh, I know what changed. They don't run it anymore. Oh, (laughs) they don't run it anymore. That's what changed. I mean, that's not even, but they, none of these people said anything when conservatives were being throttled. I mean, I know that I'm preaching to the choir here, but I just, for my own benefit, for my own benefit, for my own sanity, let me just say, not a single one of these people did anything. None of them said anything when Jack, under Jack Dorsey, all of the left was doing this. In fact, let me pull this up. You had the um, the guy who said that yes, absolutely, he they that it was wrong to have. Remember when they suspended all these people for the New York Post, the New York Post story? He had said that it was yes, it was wrong for them to have done that. They did it, and it was wrong. He said censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story was wrong. There was nobody. I don't recall Elizabeth Warren or any of them speaking up, and that was the uh, former. Safety chief for Twitter. None of them spoke up for that, for conservatives there. I, did you remember? Did I miss it? Did we just miss it? I don't think so. <clears throat> did we were were did we get kidnapped by these same aliens that were getting all them them cows in Colorado? I'm just wondering. I, I mean, that's exactly how Twitter, as Kane noted, was run before Elon Musk was there. That's exactly it. And so he met, Elon Musk met with Tim Cook yesterday. And he met in uh, Cupertino, California. Musk tweeted, good conversation. Among other things, we resolved the misunderstanding about Twitter potentially being removed from the app store. Tim was clear that Apple never considered doing so. Him doing that, Tim Cook. Now, the China thing, I mean, that happened and they deserve all the heat for that. But I don't know why... It is kind of weird, and I couldn't. I was thinking about this: why they would that why they would help China crack down on their innocent citizenry, but yet they wouldn't listen to the rage mob and pull Twitter from the App Store. Is there? Am I missing something? Do they not want to poo where they eat? I don't know. Like, what is that? Is that that? Is that just? I mean, really, seriously, is that all it is? It did seem a little out of character for Tim Cook. I will say that Apple never gave any data over to the government. They didn't do any of that, but they will. I guess you will work as an agent of state. I don't know. Maybe they need a clean house, too. But apparently Apple is not pulling it. That's the, the headline here. But they have. He said that he didn't say really anything about advertising, though. Because remember, he said that Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. 
so there's some questions there, I think, still that are, at least for me, unresolved. So what does that mean? I mean, if he's, they're not pulling it from the app store. He said the accus- that accusation, because he had more than one. He said that accusation was, they, that was a misunderstanding. I'm just, but he said they resolved the issue. They, they I guess they squashed the beef. Does that include that issue as well? I don't know. I don't know if that's been clarified. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's been clarified. And then the, he, because he went out, because they had that secret 30% tax on everything that you get through their, their app store. I mean, there's, you know, I don't think there's some stuff there. It's still concerning, though. The couple of things here, because it very much, this is still good. This is going to be, golly, this is going to be ongoing. And I'm just curious to see what other companies, because they said that there were a couple of different, I'm looking at uh, Gizmodo, uh, like for instance, General Motors, they've, they haven't uh, tweeted a lot. They've, all these media entities are looking at all of these businesses, seeing how much the, the businesses are still using the platform and whether or not they're still taking out those sponsored tweets on the platform. And so there is, there's one they watch, uh, it's like an ad industry thing. And they were saying that Twitter's advertising losses were piling up. Employees say. I kind of wonder how much of this is true and how much of it is just hype from people who are mad over Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like how much of it, it's like an employee disgruntledness. And because they, they, the media has been pushing companies to pull their advertising from Twitter. So you're creating the, you're, you're literally creating the problem. Gizmodo, which is a cesspool, says that Elon Musk is having an awful time with Twitter's ads. Yeah, because you guys are harassing businesses, saying that they're hate adjacent. If they don't pull their advertising from Twitter because Twitter just doesn't ban people because they're Republican, conservative or libertarian. They said they I the, all this the, these measures are so stupid. They're like, oh, we, hate speech is up. Well, what do you consider hate speech? Because they consider dis, mere disagreement to be hate speech. I have been told repeatedly. I've been told by literal anchors on air. That simple advocacy for Second Amendment rights is hate speech. So what? Th- remember, all, back in 2010, if you did not want the government to take over health care with Obamacare, then that was called hate speech. There were people. I can't tell you how many times I was on little. I was on cable news and debating the whole. Yes, I will lose my doctor, which I did. Uh, by the way, after Obamacare. I lost three specialists. My son lost his uh, allergist and he had severe allergies that actually put him in the ER uh, twice. We absolutely did. It ruined our health care. Absolutely. Uh, so that was a total lie. But if you pointed that out, it was called hate speech. Anything that, that goes against their narrative is hate speech. So you can't, what is that? So when they say, oh, hate speech is up. Okay, so what? What is hate speech? And then they got mad because they Twitter into that coronavirus misinformation policy because it wasn't. And they said, oh, they he uh, they they re-verified notorious neo-Nazis. You're upset because someone used a, the, the Pepe frog meme, but you're not upset that Twitter has never banned 
the religious leader of Iran who is on Twitter pre- literally preaching hate, if you want to have that discussion. I mean, they have rape squads to punish women who don't have their hair properly covered in Iran, but you're upset because someone used a frog meme? This is the, that's the issue. No, it's these media entities that are doing this. Apple only made up a 4% of Twitter's revenue in first quarter, though, is what I was seeing. But they are really, really trying to get all advertisers to pull any support. So I think that's why I've changed my mind on the Twitter blue thing. I, I think if he needs to get money, then that's the best way to do it. It's $8. Just do it then. Just do it. Have you changed your mind? Well, you never really were against it, were you? No. Kane. Really. I mean, do whatever you want. I couldn't care less about the stupid blue check. Yeah, but now I'm looking at it as less of a, oh, I'm special too, and more of a fist in the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you mean. And yeah, absolutely. That That's a uh, that's an appropriate response. And Could we and get reaction. an actual, like, a, I feel like people should have a, like, you should be able to choose your avatar, like a middle finger or something, like, you know. That would be great. Or your your little check in, in lieu of that. I don't know. I'm just this is thinking out loud. Just thinking out loud here. Now, this is an absolute battle over free speech completely. Now, this, I, what is this? Department of Homeland Security warns of a heightened threat environment in a pre-holiday terrorism bulletin. Do you find it interesting, the timing of these things? Or is it just me? I'm, I, I mean, really, honestly, these people are making me so... I'm cynical already. I don't need to be made more so. I'm just, I'm just wondering why now? Why is this? They said that the Department of Homeland Security, this was yesterday. They issued, actually this came out right as we were getting enough air, the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. And it's uh, Homeland Security Secretary, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He said that there's a heightened threat environment around, across the country. Our homeland continues to face a heightened threat environment. We have seen in recent acts of targeted violence driven by violent extremists seeking to further a political or social goal or act on a grievance. So what is he talking about here? He, they said that he cited the uh, shooting at the, uh, the Colorado Springs. Here, what, why are you sitting here? If, wasn't that guy non-binary? Wasn't the guy who shot up the LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, didn't, wasn't he non-binary? He was. Yeah. So I'm confused here. Non-binary people are shooting up gay clubs? Huh. And he mentioned threats to the, I think he mentioned threats to the Jewish community in New Jersey as an aside, honestly. I think, he, I think that they just kind of put that in there like, oh, well, and also this. Because there's been, an, uh, there's been an uptick in uh, aggression and uh, assault, violence, particularly in the Northeast against Jewish people. I mean, I'm not going to say that maybe it was encouraged when you had authorities peeking into the windows of synagogues during lockdown to make sure no one was illegally praying, you know, but it just, I don't know. They also warned of violence surrounding November's midterm. Uh, they cited that as well. So this is the seventh issued since January of last year, and it's set to run through May of next year. It replaces the one that I guess expired yesterday. They really want to, he says, he, because they cited, they said that people in the uh, alphabet community 
and media could also become targets as perceived ideological opponents. So basically, they're trying to, you know what they're doing here, they're setting it up as a right versus left thing, except it was a non-binary dude who they cited that that club in Colorado Springs, which had red flag laws. And the dude actually looking at his history that's been publicly reported, I'm, it seems to me could have been pretty easily adjudicated unfit to to possess. Uh, he was a non-binary dude. So I don't know how you could how that works in his his construct here. Yeah. You haven't heard anything about that since that came out, really, have you? Nope. Kind of went away, didn't it? Hmm. Yeah. We have uh, a lot more to hit. Let me just run down here. Uh, IRS is warning Americans, if you're over that $600 threshold on Venmo, whoo, you better get right. The IRS is warning people. You know, the IRS that the Senator Sheldon Whitehouse was begging to go after conservatives. The IRS. And interestingly enough, they're threatening Americans with that. I thought this was a great comment when from uh, Myra Flores. She said, remember when the Democrat Party boycotted Goya Foods? Where's the outrage and boycott for Balenciaga? Oh, completely, completely. And then Tim Burton's Wednesday is called racist because they said, oh, you the black actors are bullies. Seriously, someone never has ever. They did not watch this whole series. You didn't watch this whole series. I feel like it's my duty to publicly fight people who say dumb things like this. This is so enraging. No wonder nobody wants to make anything cool and original anymore because someone's always going to get hurt. They don't watch the series. They read the synopsis and then they try to make a, a point about it. We're going to get into that. We're also going to get into Kurt Hammett from Metallica saying that they were fueled by toxic masculinity. It's what, it's what you think and not what you think. So we're going to discuss all of that and more. There's, there's a lot of stuff to, to hit today. So we're going to make sure that we get to all of it. And of course, Florida Man and all of that good stuff. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buy tart cherry.com slash Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Thanks for tonight's host, LL Cool J. And all the great, incredible performers who are here. As a matter of fact, I don't know how they did it with uh, just that one beautiful lady coming out. Anyway, long story. (laughs) Freezing. What is this? What is this? Yeah, don't take him. He's at the tree lighting. Oh, that beautiful lady coming in. And then he realized Jill's standing here. It's freezing. It's freezing. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> She's going to get me. Secret Service is looking at the first lady like, don't you make a move, ma'am. Oh, dang. It was freezing partly because of Jill's cold stare. Dang. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. I just. I He's uh, meeting with Macron, Emmanuel Macron, and they're trying to. Coordinate on facing China's challenge. I'm trying. Uh, 
I don't know. It is uh, it just this whole thing is crazy. And then Kanye West went off again. And oh, my gosh, it's bad. Guys, it's bad. It's so bad. <sighs> Second hour's on the way. Go get yourself a snack. Get you a soda. Maybe some moonshine. Come on back. We'll, we'll continue in just a moment. Stick with us. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our god-given rights and freedoms visit patriotmobile.com dana or call their 100 u.s based customer service team at 972 patriot if you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values support a company that does make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. ...with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table. Especially Hitler. Oh, gosh. I can't, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Can can we bring back the Jesus Walks, Kanye? That's Kanye West, who was um, talking with Alex Jones, who actually was able to get more information out of him than the other podcast. But good grief. I... Really? Really? That's just... No, 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 no. There's like a ton more than that. There's a ton more than that. Welcome back to the program. Top of our second hour. And I just don't. (sighs) These kind of interviews, I don't know. What gets me is that. First off, I think that Kanye West is, is being completely exploited. And I think he's also exploiting people. I don't know if he's having like a mental breakdown or what's going on or if this is, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I just I don't know. This is just so it's so bizarre. That's only one of the things he said, like came hey, with some of the other stuff that he was saying. That's like, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I want to play all of it because he it, that was just one of the things that he was saying. Why do we have to talk about Hitler? My gosh, why? I mean, why? Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down no, a lot no, of really no, bad no. things. No, 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 no. But they did no. good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. What? Yeah. And he's wearing the... He's wearing... I don't know what he has on his head. A sock hat. It's pulled up over his face. Stop dissing the Nazis all the time. Ninja yeah, he's going to need it to get away. Um, <sighs> I didn't even... Why? What do you mean? Stop dissing on the? Oh my gosh! Now I realize there's. Don't sit here. Do not. Do not. I've been doing this for a long time. Do not sit here and be like, oh, but that might be out of context. There is no context in which that, unless he goes, ah, psych. I'm kidding. Hate on them all the time. You know what I mean? I, I just. Wow. 
this is identity politics and what he's doing is leftist. Let's just say it. what he's doing is leftist. I, I only said one thing because I, what gets me is that everybody was talking about the, the Milo whatever and that meeting. Nobody talks about the Sam Bankman Freed. Nobody talks about, you know, the, the Biden connections, anything else. But I, I, just, I just noticed that a lot of people are seeing what I kind of was warning people about way back. Way back when. You know, your girl's not lying to you. When I say some of these people are grifters and you got to watch out, some people were like, oh, I can't believe that so-and-so changed. No, that's who they always were. People were just lapping it up because they thought that, they, that it was trendy to do so. They never changed. But I think they, I, I don't know. I just, someone had made the observation that Kanye West went from, if you, I guess, look at this as a step up, being married to Kim Kardashian and having kids with her and having a successful career to slumming it with a couple of losers and hanging out in uh, like an Applebee's and then talking about Nazis. I mean, it does. What is happening here? Golly. I, I don't know. That just, it is, it is sad to see this, but there is just no man. There's just no, I don't know. I mean, you got to stop dissing the Nazis all the time, he said. What is that even about? And he had said, I don't, I don't know. There's no, I, I don't know, man. I just, can, can we write him off now? Can we write him off now? Can Candace Owens stop taking pictures with him? I'm trying to be Hollywood adjacent. I'm not lying. You know I'm right. Can we, can we stop being so thirsty for any kind of Hollywood justification? Look, just because, look, someone, if someone d- becomes a conservative, that's great. If they realize that this is, you know, uh, they, they realize that limited government is the way to go, that's fine. They can go along and be conservative and be for limited government and join that movement. But that doesn't mean you put them in the decision room. That doesn't mean you put them at the head of the movement to make decisions. <sighs> but that's true. That's one of the problems that conservatives have. Is that they feel like they have to find validation. Not all, but some. And I think it's more Republicans and conservatives. They feel like they got to find validation in whatever celebrity they can get to, you know, co-sign. Good grief. This is just, this is just disastrous. But for real, maybe people can stop like doing stunts and all of that and 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 maybe, you know, focus on actual movement building instead of this stuff. There's just I mean, I, I don't want to give no more time to it. This is some of the stupidest stuff I've ever heard. This is nuts. It's nuts. It's inexcusable. And there's no don't be like, oh, there's no con- I know about context. There's no context in which, you know, stop. Stop hating on the Nazis. No, I'd love to hate on them, thank you, because they're socialists. They're, it's, it's a far-left murderous ideology. I'll hate on them six ways to Sunday. This, oh, my gosh. This is just wild. Man, a lot of people are going to be fading into the bushes like that Homer gif, aren't they? Just, whew. ooh, fading back in those bushes. All right, I got a few things here. Ooh. We have uh, been talking about the war on speech. And uh, a number of things. Google and YouTube, check this. They're going to give, what, something like $13 million to launch a new global fact-checking fund. 
Mm-hmm. It's a new global fact-checking fund. I, I Yeah, I know. I'm like, what? What do you mean? They said that it's because we had the disinformation governance board that was very short-lived. Was it, though? And so now it's the, oh, here it is, International Fact-Checking Network. Mm, the sus, bro. $13.2 million grant to the International Fact-Checking Network. It's on, it's at fat, fact check net. Oh, let's have fun with this. Why didn't I click on this earlier? Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. And it's a bunch of lefties. Of course it is. It's the International Fact Checking Network made up of lefty fact checkers. Fact checkers is the doing a lot of heavy lifting here. They're supporting 135 other fact checking organizations from 65 countries. So how does it work? This is literally what they're saying. Imagine you see a viral story about dolphins and swans returning to the canals of Venice, and a family member sends you a story about a local politician's colorful past. Are they true? How do you know? Uh, Blah, blah, blah. And then apparently we'll tell you if it's true. So you're going to be in charge of the misinformation. That's what it is. Good grief. This is such a grift. But this is like a ministry of truth is what it is. It is an absolute ministry of truth. You know what was funny? Maybe if media fact-checked the damn stories before they ran them, we would need fewer fact-checkers for post-publication stories. <gasps> what? True. Very, very true. So I... Mm, I don't know. It's all, it's all very weird. Now, in the meantime, like I told you earlier, it looks like Tim Cook and... Uh, Elon Musk maybe have made up, but we'll see. I just don't know. Uh, Any of this, unless, I don't don't know. Uh, I think that they both need each other, but I'm really looking to see what happens, A, with advertising on Twitter, and then B, what we talked about yesterday, it actually hit the press as we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, The European Union threatened Elon Musk's Twitter with a ban unless he abides by their stupid rules on content moderation. The EU. Let me just look something up here because I or actually go to my notes because um, this is, you know, they, the, the, some of the most politically correct people ever. The EU with their content moderation. They have a crazy, they have some like, I mean, they don't have free speech like we would have over here. Um, not in anywhere close. They have what they call a digital service act. Uh, you have to, you have to weed out anything that they don't like, anything that sounds very much like what China does. So for instance, in Germany, you have to remove photos of, I guess, symbols that maybe Kanye likes now. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't like, you can't have the Nazi symbol anywhere, uh, which I, I think even like in an educational manner, right? And but that doesn't apply to Denmark. That's like one. I'm just giving you an example. And this is actually what Politico.eu is giving. And they also say anything about uh, like speech, because so, for instance, in certain countries in the EU, although Britain's not part of the EU anymore, uh, but uh, in certain parts of uh, the European Union, uh, hate speech is basically even, you know, uh, uh, telling someone to go step off that's even considered I'm, I'm not kidding i mean it's it's really ridiculous and if it's just i don't know 
they, you can't you can't hardly say anything over there. So they're saying, you know, no, no, you have to all of this has to be removed or we're going to ban you. OK, well, then ban them. You know what's going to happen because the the it, people will get angry at you and then you're going to have to walk it back. That's kind of like what I would. I, I they're they're going to try to to get him to bend a knee somewhere or another. I mean, I don't know if they can because Facebook has their I think the way that they have uh, their algorithm set their platform set. It filters out certain things in different countries. I don't know if that's something Twitter would do. I don't even know at this point. I just think it's all insane. Not everybody has free speech. And that's a that's a fascinating thing to watch when you see these these digital platforms. Yeah, VPNs do exist. They could do that. So here's the other thing, too. The I mentioned this yesterday in San Francisco, how police can allow they, this was after the Dallas ambush. They're going to allow police to deploy robots that kill. They're only going to give them explosives, but not guns. So you guys are okay, right? The only bombs? Yeah, only bombs. Okay. And may, I don't know, maybe some knives too. I don't know. They said that officers could use robots only after using alternative force or de-escalation tactics. And they could use the deadly force option. Do you trust this in San Francisco? Not in San Francisco necessarily. I don't trust it anywhere, but... I remember when they used that tactic in Dallas to get yeah. that shooter. And I was where, totally fine with that because that guy was going to kill everybody. So I think they saw that and then Didn't said... Didn't he shoot a police dog too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they saw that and said, hey, this may be a good idea for the future. Mm-hmm. Which I don't see how that's possible. I mean, this is the city that can't even have a toilet function properly. I mean, they just, Kane shared this story, the futuristic to- toilet that was designed to tell a story about the forward thinking of San Francisco, which I cannot think of anything so hysterical and so apropos. It broke down three days after the first inaugural flush. Oh, that's a shame. It's a show, total shame. Shame show, isn't it? We have, I have a ton more for you to get into, and we've got a lot coming up. Uh, we're going to get in, uh, I have more on on that. We were, we were talking about the uh, the mapping of uh phone data yesterday i just all of that is just i got a bunch of wokery too uh women's soccer players they're gonna take half of the men's money and uh we got to talk about that kirk hammett quote as well metallica that was a really good profile that i read in the new yorker i gotta say it was written by a legitimate fan of the genre so it makes it a little different and a fake or real christmas trees we're gonna go to war one two three four i pick a tree war here we go we're gonna get into all of that and more Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Man, today is so weird. 
It's such a weird day. I don't know. Amazon recorded its biggest ever Thanksgiving shopping weekend. I was wondering about this. I was wondering if, because they said that stores weren't seen a lot. And I was, I was thinking, does that mean Amazon might be? I don't know. They didn't provide a total sales figure, but they said that shoppers generated more than a billion dollars in sales for small businesses in the U.S. Now, I will look. I, I do like purchasing from small businesses, and they advertise those on Amazon as small businesses, and you get it directly from that business, and you can get made in the USA stuff and all that. I do like that option, and I did actually. I'm, I, can, I can't actually get into it because people listen that I've ordered things for, but you get the idea. Uh, but they said that the top things were Fire TV sticks, AirPods, and Champion clothing. But yeah, they said that it was a pretty big amount of sales. This is sad. Loneliness is on the rise, and it started even before the pandemic, which I think everybody could have told you. Anybody could have told you. Uh, There was a new study that was released, uh, and it was the Media Research Center. Or not media. Sorry, not that. It was a different story. Uh, Census Bureau's American Time Use. They said that a lot of it is maybe it's it's, because you have social media being so dominant. They said that the average American by 2019 was spending only four hours per week with friends a 37 percent decline from 2014 they said a lot of it increased use of social media but they also cited political polarization that is so sad that people would stop i just can't get over that that that's so messed up uh also npr oh tiny violins freezes hiring cuts their budget as fundraising fades by the way i just saw a headline also, right now, uh, that uh, in addition to them, CNN, their their cuts are going to that we had as a headline yesterday. They're going to affect HLN too. Hmm. An entire Thai temple was defrocked after all the monks tested positive for meth. Monk meth sounds like a crazy punk band name. Four monks, including an abbot, all tested positive for meth. They were methed up, and they were sent to a health clinic to undergo drug rehabilitation. And uh, the United Nations and France, I'll save this, they've worked to make sure the baguette is given special status. I'll explain next headline. Stick with us. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. The Department of Homeland Security is an illegal agency, and it has partnered illegally with tech platforms. It is 100% fact that they are using these platforms um, to perform censorship. It's not in question. They admit it. They even admit that it was illegal, but they keep doing it. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. The morning of the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post happens. And it was weird, right? With distance and with with what we know now, we we forget some of the weirdness. But do you remember the the laptop repair guy? Do you remember the uncertainty of the the whole story? We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know what was true. There There was smoke. And... Ultimately, for me, uh, it didn't reach a place where I was comfortable removing this content from Twitter. But it set off every single one of my finely tuned APT28 hack and leak campaign alarm right, bells. So it looked possibly problematic. Everything about it looked you like a hack not, and leak and smelled like a hack and leak. You did not want to do that. Leak, but it didn't get there for me. Huh. Interesting. So Yoel Roth, who I don't believe... Uh, at all 
I don't. Welcome back to the program. It's Dana Lash, the don't believe him curmudgeon. He's the former head of trust and safety at Twitter. He was the guy who was signing off on all this. He's th- he, now he says it was a mistake. I mean, yeah, in, in hindsight, it's easy for anybody to... Yeah, look, I know that rule. Do it first and then act like you're apologizing later. I know that rule. Come on now. He said the story set off hack and leak alarms. I'm not quite sure why, because it, the presence of the FBI just all but confirmed it. You know? And he said that... The, he said the uncertainty over the story, this is such garbage. He said the uncertainty over the story was ultimately what led it to being suppressed for 24 hours. Excuse me? Dude, this was suppressed for so much longer than 24 hours. So much longer than 24 hours. My story that I ran when I got suspended, it it was, I was actually not even writing about what was in the laptop. I was writing about uh, social media's reaction to it. And the re- the reports of suppression. That's what I was writing about. And because it was New York Post, Hunter Biden laptop adjacent, that's what got me suspended. Yeah. I didn't even, it, I, did, I hadn't even shared, I didn't even retweet the New York Post tweet originally. I had written about it and then I shared it. It was on Substack. It was, my, it was on chapter and verse. And I shared that link. That was one that was all, out to all of the subscribers. And I remember y'all's comments on that post, too, because you all I I had said the next day, oh, my gosh, I got suspended for this piece. And people were like, how is this the piece you got suspended for? That was the tweet that they cited. So when they and I had I took screenshots of it, I followed up in a subsequent piece on Substack. But they had um, they had uh, that tweet and they were saying it was that tweet that it violated. What did they say? They're hacked materials policy right and there was i had nothing like that in there it was now i did link to the new york post piece in it because i was writing about how the uh how social media was suppressing this story and then i had it linked in there and it was all about social media's reaction it was the weirdest thing there was someone uh who's a friend of mine and they write over at a tech site and they were looking at um, engagement of different tweets. They weren't even talking about the story. I don't even think they linked to it. And they got suspended for that, for that story that they tweeted. That's how crazy this was. So what Yoel Roth is saying here is a lie. He's a liar. I don't believe him. And I don't believe he has any integrity. He was the one who made these decisions. And the fact that he's already trying to say, oh, it was only for 24 hours. Dude, people were, were I would have been permanently suspended for however long if I did not delete the tweet. And then, here's what's funny. Do you remember when they came out with, with, with the Twitter fact check thing? What is it? The Twitter fact check, whatever, yeah. that they had. When they came out with that, when I tried to apply for it, because I wanted to be a, a fact checker too, they told me that because of my previous suspension for that New York Post thing, I couldn't do it. So this went way beyond 24 hours. Nobody believes him. And he's like, well, you know, I, I'd never believe this story should have been censored. But you censored it, though. You, you did it, and now you're, you're going to... Just so... It's so... All so ridiculous. Now, I have, I have so much. I have so... 
so many other things here. There was this. Hang on, let me pull this up. I saw that uh, a guy over at NBC, his name's Ben Collins. I tweeted about this earlier. He was trying to get other media people upset over Twitter banning the account of a guy named Andrew Lawrence who works for Media Matters. Apparently he got, he was suspended for spam. You mean Media Matters, the, the entity that created cancel culture. They originated cancel culture. And they're upset because one of their guys got probably incorrectly spam suspended. Oh, tiny violins. I'm so sorry. They created cancel culture. Media Matters, if you're unfamiliar, this has been going on since pre-2008. What they would do is they would start the rage mob on Twitter all the way back in 2008. Before we were using rage mob, that phrase, or cancel culture, or anything like that, they would would, uh, really foment a, a bunch of outrage on Twitter and that's where they that's where they were the most active they would write a smear piece about someone and then they would try to get them booted off of something so one of my friends um, and he was my uh, boss uh, previously before he passed away Andrew Breitbart Andrew Breitbart they got him kicked off a CNN thing once when I got hired as the token conservative at CNN back in 2011 2010 2011 I was there for two years uh, they tried re- relentlessly every day to get me fired and they would write these smear pieces and they would try to foment all of this outrage and it never you know they you know didn't didn't happen uh, but they do that to everybody every conservative that was going anywhere in media they would try to they would do the right the, they originated it so I really don't feel bad that some guy probably it was probably an error but that he got spam suspended, I just really don't. Because they created this. They created their whole thing. Uh, one of the other things to hit on here, and I'm kind of going down a previous list. Um, I got to get, I want to get into this thing. So I read this really great piece from The New Yorker. And this was a piece that I put out uh, last night on Substack. Because I... What, I, I, I like uh, I like Metallica and I've always liked Metallica I don't really I'm not a big fan of anything after Black Album although their new song kind of gives me has speed metal vibes so I'm you know I'm cool with it yeah. I, the, some people are like the lyrics okay so I was reading this it's a really well written profile of the group and it's in the New Yorker and Amanda Petrusich is the the journalist it's actually a refreshingly non-political write-up it's like a traditional music profile and you can tell that she's a legit fan of the genre so it was refreshing to read something like this now as i said i was i i'm still excited that you know they're going on tour with pantera and all this coming up and i'm even after there was a singular little nugget that was tucked away in this profile and i want to normally I mean, I, I, I think that we need to make sure that we're using our discretion here when we're looking at this stuff and measuring it with thought because this, it was a non-political profile and I think this was just him. She, this wasn't like a, a hit piece and, it, and he wasn't, say, he said this, I think, more tongue-in-cheek. Here, let me read you the, the paragraph. So she's talking about the, the concert experience, right, of going to see Metallica live. And I've seen them live. In fact, the last time, one of the last times I saw them live, 
it's been a while. One of the times I saw them live, I was seven months pregnant with my second son. It's very interesting. I know. I stayed well away from, yeah. Uh, but they, she writes, the Metallica experience was not designed to be friendly. Hetfield would sometimes antagonize the audience, growling, hey, any anytime this stuff gets too heavy for you, tough blank. Offstage, the members of Metallica provoked one another, particularly Ulrich and Hetfield. Their complex brotherly dynamic, Hetfield was possessive, Ulrich was demanding, sometimes threatening to overwhelm the band. Hammett said, we would get drunk and just start in. I remember once James got up and pushed Lars and Lars literally flew across the room. We would see each other and start wrestling. We could be in a room of 20 people and we'd fixate on each other. No one else mattered. To an extent, writes Petrusich, Metallica thrived on conflict. Hammett says, quote, toxic masculinity has fueled this band. I'm still sitting around saying, OK, I'm going to write a really, really tough uh, kick ass riff. Just look at my rhetoric there. Tough kick kick ass riff. That was his, his quote. He says it's an aggression that everyone feels, but it was ratcheted up in us. This weird, masculine, macho BS thing, end quote. Now, I said there's going to be anti-cancel culture crusaders out there who are very eager to cancel Metallica, I think, for this quote, even though it's a very minuscule part of a really far-reaching profile on... And the rest of the band, by the way, has always kind of followed Michael Jordan's Republicans buy sneakers too philosophy whenever it comes to talking about politics. I think you need to look at this and consider this too. Hammett's from San Francisco. He's got daddy issues. And I think all of that shapes some of his perspective here. But I also think his comment was more tongue-in-cheek than anything because he didn't... He didn't fixate on it he didn't go back to it it was just a one and done kind of thing and also by the way it's not that far away from what Lars Ulrich said in their uh, the doc on the band some kind of monster and it was he was speaking in the context of the band finding difficulty and relating to one another at the time he didn't so he didn't outright say toxic masculinity but he touched on this but however I don't think that their difficulty in that stemmed from I think it was more from their fear of vulnerability than due to their past trauma than quote-unquote toxic masculinity which by the way toxic masculinity is such an utterly bs sexist phrase that is promoted by the ambassadors of toxic femininity and so what hammett's describing here is dude stuff that's dude stuff i mean heaven help us if aggressive rock riffs are considered toxic I mean, there's nothing wrong with a tough kick-ass riff. Joan Jett played him. I mean, Nancy Wilson, Nita Strauss, Poison Ivy from the Cramps. I mean, you're telling me she's not tough? I mean, I could sit here and go on and on. I could feed YouTube any number of names and come out with some. And I gave you some examples. Uh, some uh, Susan Tedeschi before it was Tedeschi Trucks. Uh, what about Peggy Jones? I mean, she like the queen mother of guitar, one of the first, if not the first woman who was actually in a rock band who, who holding her own. Tell me she couldn't play a kick-ass riff or Bonnie Raitt. I mean, you get the point. To me, it seems true that if someone thinks that a heavy riff, whether it's rock or metal, whatever, is in general a masculine thing, then the issue is with that person's own perspective and not with masculinity. Because the toxicity here is the brainwashing of men into believing that basic dude behavior is toxic, yet it gives a pass to females for their own little brand of toxicity. I, I do not want to see third wave feminism that brought us the men who were taking over women's sports, now trying to eliminate rock or metal and neutering the genre into, I wrote, a tasteless auto-tune amalgam of power chord pop 
eunuchism. Nobody wants that. So play loud, play heavy, and never apologize for it. That's my advice. We have more to come as we wrap up. Well, this going into this, finishing the second hour. We got Florida Man on the way. Heck yeah. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. We keep talking about that wide neck dude from yesterday. I still do not understand how a man like that can have a neck wider than his actual head. But, you know, anyway, a Florida man crashed into of all the places into a fireworks store. And sadly, he was killed. And the entire 5,573 square foot store was destroyed. Holy wow. Comes from TampaBay.com. A Florida man drove his SUV into a fireworks store. The 53-year-old had rear-ended another vehicle. This was Monday. And it plowed into the shop and it ignited the rockets and then it all went crazy. They said that it, one resident said, it was wild. I cannot believe how close people were to it as the fireworks were still blowing up. Mortars and stuff like that. So the whole store was destroyed. Uh, The driver's name was not released. They're still investigating the crash. That's sad. Oh, man. Uh, A Florida couple... (laughs) were arrested after a fight and then running over a man at a gas station pump, say deputies. This was in Winter Haven. Oh, boy, this couple. They and these stupid pop-up ads. I really feel like your your site designer needs to be whipped. Uh, Winter Haven, Florida. A man and woman were arrested Tuesday after an alleged fight caught on camera at a gas station broke out. Uh, Polk County deputies said two cars were on opposite sides of the gas pump at, the, at a Chevron. Jose Torres, 44, was inside the store, and his passenger... Uh, 44 was sat inside one of the uh, cars and he reportedly came out of the store uh, yelling at the man who was in the car opposite his at the pump. And when the man walked across the aisle of the pumps to see what Torres was saying, deputies say that Torres reached into his car, grabbed an aluminum bat and then began beating the man. And uh, the man was able to block the bat, grab Torres, took him to the ground. Then the girlfriend got out of the car. Torres' girlfriend started swinging the bat at the man. Then the man's girlfriend ran over and stopped her. It was crazy. It was the ballroom blitz at the Chevron. And uh, they left the, both cars left, but ended up at the same intersection. So another verbal altercation happens. And then the officers arrived at the scene. They took them all into custody. I mean, they don't even say what it was over. They just, like, the guy just starts yelling. Like, how does... What is it? What, what are you, you even having that fight for? Uh, a treasure hunter. Can you be, imagine being this guy? He dug up a $40,000 ring, but he also found the original owner. It's amazing. Aww. Metal detecting expert Joseph Cook posted the engagement ring on social media in hopes the owner would respond. How nice was that? He said, I thought it was going to be a nickel. And he uh, dug it up. He said it was about six inches in the ground. It was a beautiful, huge diamond ring worth $40,000. He goes, I didn't even think for a minute about keeping it. He goes, I literally put it in my scooter. I thought, he goes, I I didn't even know it was that much. He goes, I thought maybe it was worth a grand. And he goes, took it to a jeweler store, had him look at it. And then after he learned of the value, he said something on social media and uh, uh, with with some descriptions for the ring and then he got the call he was waiting for a husband who got a tip from his jeweler he said it was his wife's lost engagement ring he sent him all the wedding photos to prove it and it turned out it was legit and the wife was crying and she was it's a giant ring so man can you believe it he said if you've lost a a ring in florida anywhere in florida go to my channel that's what that guy said because that's what he does he says he finds stuff like that all the time of course that was like you know a, a large one the pretty sizable ring uh, let's see. I got a couple of others here for you. Uh, man, but we're running out of time because 
like how this one guy, uh, he was forced to remove his decorative cranes, a villager. We've got a villager story tomorrow, Steve, after a Florida man complaint. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Uh, I think it will. I hope it will. I'm going to be spending time with senators today, uh, mainly to make sure they understand the implications of inaction for our transportation system. As you saw in, in, in the piece reported earlier, there is no substitute in the U.S. for functioning freight rail. And if a shutdown were to occur, that's not just shutting down our trains. It's really shutting down our economy. That's, you're really not happy with that. Secretary Mayor Newmom, Poot Buttigieg, who's, uh, I guess he realized he was still uh, Transportation Secretary. He's back. What's your, you're, you're fidgeting over there. What's your? I mean, the nerve of someone who's done absolutely nothing about this particular situation and many other transportation situations going on and talking to senators about how devastating inaction is. Screw him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just saying. Just saying. Welcome back to the show. Top of the third hour. Dana Lash with you this Thursday. And the rail struggle, we'll see if it can be averted. It looks like it has, uh, like we talked about it yesterday, bipartisan support in Congress. So we'll see. It's just going to get, it's just going to get worse. All this is just, it's all. Pfft. Now, so let's, let's line it up. Did you see this story? Talking about Wilgury. I had this as a headline yesterday. Saved the discussion for today. U.S. Women's National Team. They're going to get half of the money won by the U.S. Men's Team at World Cup. They had an equal pay agreement after they had a tantrum. They're going to split the prize. They agreed to the terms in May. They signed it in September. It put both teams on the same payment model, regardless of, I guess, how many eyeballs they bring in. I think that's a dumb deal. They... They, got, they tried to sue U.S. soccer for gender discrimination because they were mad that uh, they couldn't bring as much as many eyeballs to soccer as the men's team was bringing. That's really ultimately what it was. I go back to uh, Bill Burr on this. His, his bit where he was talking about women's sports, like, for instance, WNBA. He said, you know, women wanted a league, you got a league, and you don't watch it. It was brilliant, and it's, it's, it was hysterical, and it was 1,000% correct. He's like, y'all watch the Desperate Housewives or whatever, the Real Housewives of whatever city, but you don't watch this. You wanted this, and it's true. I mean, you would think that th- there's more weeping and gnashing of the teeth from women on this stuff than there are eyeballs from women on these things. So why should the men be punished because the women won't support it? That's the million-dollar question. They, they have settled this lawsuit. They sued uh, U.S. soccer for gender discrimination for some reason. I think that's entirely unfair. You know what I actually completely support now? Just only for this. The men who can't make the U.S. men's team should identify as women and demand to be put on the women's team. Ah, now I'd actually watch that because that would be hysterical. Do that. I mean, if that's what they're going to do, then why, you know, let's make it truly, truly equal, ladies. (laughs) Didn't they get beat by a high school boys team? Yes, they did. What was the excuse that, oh, it was really informal and it was just a, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, just saying. I, that, that, so if, if, the, if the bad male soccer players want to ID as women and take over the women's team, that's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all right. And then let's, let's see how that pans out. That's just wild that they get half. That is not fair. So they earn more money than the men did 
from the men reaching the knockout stages of the World Cup than they did from winning their own tournaments in 2015 and 2019. How in the world is that fair? That's not fair. What? Who would would you sign a contract like that? Hell no. no. So yeah, I think you guys ought to go and identify as women. You guys could totally make the women's team if you didn't want to be on the men's team, right? You'd own that team. You'd own that team. It'd be, I'm just saying, that'd be. All right, one of the big debates that we've had on the program, well, Kane wants to have this debate. You're itching for this fight. Real or fake Christmas tree? Real or fake? Natural versus artificial. I like artificial better than fake. I don't, I don't care about the climate or anything. I just I don't like the hassle of the mess. I wanted to put a tiny tree up on a table this year. And my kids were really mad and said no. Because I, I just get tired of putting it. It's a tree. It's, like, it's not even, you know, we're, it's literally a pagan tradition. I don't know why it's a big deal if I don't put a, up a tree. Right? I mean, you put up a tree and then you try to Christianize it by putting an angel on top of it. Right? Let's be real. It's a pagan. I mean, you can have your traditions, but don't act like, you know, the wise men brought Jesus a tree with lights on it. Okay. It didn't happen. They, they brought him some oils, what? <laughs> but, but it, why is it such a big deal? Does it matter? I mean, I like the smell of real trees, but yeah, that's my thing. I've also seen national lampoons Christmas vacation. And I'm 50, 50 when it comes to the holiday where, you know, Christmas holidays every year. Um, I'm about 50-50. 50% of the time's artificial, 50% of the time's real. Do you have an artificial or real tree this year? I don't have any tree this year right now. Are you going to put up the like the little tree on the table? I was thinking about that. I wasn't because I don't need a big. Like, all my kids are all grown up. Like and even everything. Steve's got a, a tree. Steve got it. He like he's got a tree. And he's already I hooked it up with ornaments. Little, it's a little bitty tree. It's though. not a little bitty tree. It's a tiny tree. It was like bigger than the tree I wanted to put up on a table. Well, that like was his, super you got to put in the floor. We're talking for you, Steve. Yeah. You how put t- how big is your tree, Steve? How tall is? It? I think it's, it's like, what, I think foot? it's four foot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, four foot so. tree. And and what's wrong with that? No, I'm not saying yeah, anything yeah, was yeah. wrong. I'm just saying that it was small. It was decorated nicely. That it was. So you're gonna go? On, I I like the way that real trees look imperfect. Juan's got an artificial tree. Do you? He got an artificial tree. So what? So you haven't gotten? Are you going to get a tree this year, Scrooge, or what? So what? Scrooge. I'm just want, no. That I didn't say that. It's are you totally getting? He said. Um, I'm still. I was talking to my son about that last night, and I'm. We have. He's like, well, we don't really need one, so we don't. We may not get one at all this Look year. Look at me. I'm on both sides of the argument. I came but in this I, like, oh, <laughs> and now I'm like horrified. I that do you're have not to tell you though, the, the years that I did the artificial tree. Um, there was one year actually after it was all finally decorated, even with all the kids' little ornaments and yeah. stuff, candy canes, lights, the whole yeah, nine. I, don't do any of that. I, I don't just put, put a garbage bag over it and put it down in the basement. Yeah, I don't put food on the tree; it's nasty. And then brought it back up the next year, mm. completely already ornamented. Ornament. That's actually smart to wrap it up. But I, yeah, I don't. I just, I don't. I we we have like um, uh, the tree that we have. We have our kids' ornaments all on it and all that stuff that they've they've made and, so uh, i yeah tell the listeners out on twitter let us know is it artificial or real tree for artificial you artificial just seems but real trees they have to you have to i read a uh a post from a friend this morning who said that she lets her tree soak in the pool before she puts it up i don't even understand how that happens i met i was like what and you have to water them a lot and then there yeah, can be true. squirrels in them that's and then there's a story <laughs> right let me share this with you uh-huh no, no. 
Uh, Christmas tree owners have been warned to look out for walnut, walnut-sized lumps on their furs. Some people think that they're pine cones. I can't say the next sentence because I'll throw up if I say it. I cannot read it. <laughs> Kane, what are they? Ugh. What, yeah, for real. I'm not... Right. Ugh. So, yeah, that lump on the tree, is that what you're talking about? Mm, it's it looks actually, like a pine cone, but it's not. Yeah, look, it's a sack mm. of praying mantis mm. eggs. That's so nasty. Mm, that, so you could uh, be bringing into the house. All right. That's so. I'm, gross. I'm putting up a poll on our show Twitter if you want to retweet it, Dana. What you buy in this real? What you buy in this here? Real AF or fake AF? Real AF. Oh my gosh! Steve writes the tweets on the. We're <laughs> 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 so. Because <laughs> it, I, I just can't. My when I was little, we did real ones, but uh, yeah, they'll eat all the other bugs in your home. Uh, to what's that's either a good thing or a bad thing i guess i just don't want anything like that like i don't mm-mm. see that's why i don't and i don't want pine needles dropping and i don't want sap i don't want that in my house if i want that i'll go out into the woods if i want that nature in my house i'm gonna i'll bring me to nature i'm not gonna bring nature to me okay it'll be fake fake as a kardashian fake 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 tree fakety fake fake that's what we'll have and if i want i don't care if i if i want a fur scent F-I-R, I'll burn a damn candle. I don't need that in my house. Oh, it freaks me out. I don't know what's in there. There's more of a dominance if you bring nature into the house. You're actually dominating nature that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need to prove anything to nature. I don't need to dominate it by, by put, bringing it into my house, throwing lights on it, and watering it all the time and making sure it doesn't catch on fire, the pets don't eat it or something. That sounds still like I'm being dominated. I yeah, don't when like you're that. taking the real one down in January, those things burn. And really, then it's sad. Those things burn really quick. See, yeah, that, and it's sad because then you're like this tree. I re- So, oh, hold up. I got other things to hit. I read this. This is also one of the reasons why I cannot have a real tree in my house. I read this story. It was a little fir tree. It was in one of my little books when I was a kid. And it was about this tree that always wanted to grow up and get bigger. And it would see... Uh, the villagers uh, bring the trees into their homes and it would see the trees with all the lights on them and the kids would dance around it and he never knew what happened to the trees after that he just thought that was so great and all the other older trees in the forest were like no 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 slow down you don't need to you don't want to get too big too fast enjoy your life enjoy your friends enjoy the birds and nature and then so finally one day he got big enough and they cut him down And they dragged him in the house and he thought, oh, my gosh, this is the best life ever. And they put lights on him and the decorations and the kids all joined hands and danced around him, blah, 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 blah. And they had their Christmas and then they took all the stuff off him and they threw him in a shed and he languished in there thinking, I can't wait till I go back out again. And they put lights on me and they didn't. You know what they did? They dragged him and they put him on a pyre and burned him. So that's another reason why I don't like him. Those are the kind of stories I read as a kid. Yeah, uh huh. That's so, yeah, it's just sad to me. I'm not a tree hugger or anything. This story was sad. So I'm like, nah, I don't need the little fir tree happening in my house every year. It's okay. I'll just uh, get my fakety McFakerson tree and we'll be fine with that. And if I want it to look more natural, I'll break some of the branches. How about that? You know, I'll put some holes in it. I don't know. <sighs> that makes some sense, right? So they're mad at uh, Tim Burton's Wednesday. I, that's a really good show. There's only a couple instances of kind of like wokery in it, but not really. Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, she's like a, a high school goth girl. So she's about as annoying as you would imagine. I say this as a retired goth kid. So they're mad because the woke mob is mad. They said that 
that they cast black actors as bullies and the owner of a pilgrim-themed amusement park. So see, it just goes to show you, no good deed goes unpunished. So I watched the whole thing, and I kind of wonder, have any of these people watched the series, like actually watched it? So they got, they're mad because they said one of the black actresses, Joy Sunday, she is the mean girl, Bianca Barkley. And then they have Iman Marson, he's the bully, Lucas Walker. Well, they also have black students that are not part of the bullies, and they, they completely underestimate, first off, The character of Lucas Walker is having a redemptive arc right now. Thank you very much. And then Bianca Barkley is as well. And I think that she's probably going to be Wednesday's one of Wednesday's great allies. And she's like the most popular girl in school, all this stuff. And then Lucas Walker's dad in the show owns Pilgrim World. So if they didn't have his dad own Pilgrim World, I bet that they would have gotten a lot of hate for that. So shut up, everyone. Shut up. Shut up your mouths and just enjoy the show. Right. Just be quiet. Instead of figuring out all the different ways in which you can complain online, figure out how many ways you can shut up. There's my advice. We have more to come. And uh, I, we're, I believe we're going to be talking with Robert Bork Jr. I use his dad's name as a verb. Yeah. I think we all do. Uh, but he's going to be talking with us here coming up. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So this story, apparently New York City is going to hospitalize more mentally ill individuals involuntarily. This is something that uh, Mayor Eric Adams announced this week to remove people with severe untreated mental illness from their streets and subways. You know, if you actually also did something about the crime that would probably, you know, and had like actually enforced penalties, that would be something. They're going to hospitalize people involuntarily, even if they don't pose an immediate risk of harm to others, which that's that one right there does kind of concern me. How what are what is the what are the guidelines for making these determinations? How is this going to be done? You know, and I mean, how long does it I mean, if you're you're rendering someone um, incapacitated to the point where they have to be held involuntarily, I, there's just mm, I don't know. That's that seems it seems like there would be another an element of danger required. I just get I, I understand the need to treat mental health, but I just wonder what are the other options that we have before we commit to something that seems like, you know, pretty, pretty harsh. Right. Especially harsh when we don't know what the parameters are. A strange meteorite. I just want to let you know that we had a story about cattle being like 40 cattle that were killed in Colorado and they can't actually say what did it. Uh, A strange meteorite crashed into Earth. Also contains two never before seen minerals. I also saw a horror movie that began this way. A 3,000 pound space rock was found in Somalia in 2020. They've been studying it. So now it's the ninth largest meteorite ever discovered. And now they have concluded that there are two minerals that have never before been observed on Earth uncovered in this. They are named Elalite after the meteor. And that's the first mineral. And the other one is Elkin Stantonite after the managing director of ASU Interplanetary, Interplanetary Initiative. So they say it's a, it's a like a meteor, um, it's a space rock. So they got those two elements. That's really interesting. So two new minerals that have been discovered. Coming up, Apple, Google, Twitter, the war on free speech, agents of state, and more with Robert Bork Jr.
Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Well, it really doesn't work that way, as we've discussed previously. I mean, you you could make the argument that maybe perhaps it did under the previous CEO, Jack Dorsey. That, of course, was Senator Elizabeth Warren talking with, I believe it was Jackie Heinrich of Fox News. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. You can listen coast to coast and watch the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio program on YouTube Facebook, the first as well, joining us on this because we've been discussing this issue and wondering where it's going to go and what actions, I mean, even can be taken, especially after we heard Apple and the airdrop issue with China and then Apple and Twitter fighting the antitrust issue. What about free speech? How is this going to how is this going to all work out? Joining us now is Robert Bork, Jr. He works in litigation. He also is with BorkGroup.com, and this is his wheelhouse. And he joins us now via Skype. So it's good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to get your reaction here to that that discussion, that response that you just heard from Senator Warren, because that's not really what's happening. And it doesn't really seem that the Senate really or anyone in Congress should be able to weigh in and tell someone how to operate their private business. There's no monopoly there. No, there is certainly no monopoly. And, and the antitrust concerns are a little vague, I think, at this point. But clearly, if if Apple and Google threaten Twitter, someone ought to look into that. Of course, I think uh, Elon Musk certainly has a right of uh, private action he could bring if they try to shut him down. I, I, you know, that happened to Parler, and they got a squeeze off of uh, AWS. Uh, but I think they're back there now. Uh, but they had, they had to fight for it. Look, uh, some of this is just a lot of noise. I think you know, and, and Elon Musk loves being in the news. You know, he just loves tweaking everybody. In fact, I just saw a, a story uh, this morning uh, when I knew I was going to be on your program that he flew out to uh, Apple headquarters and met with Tim Cook and they made nice, maybe, looks like. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, who they, knows what's going to happen next? Exactly. Yeah, it remains to be seen. They met, they went out and discussed, uh, I guess, the issue of whether or not Apple was going to kick Twitter off of the App Store. And Tim Cook said, no, right. it's not going to happen. But whether the advertising thing, I think, is another issue. You brought up a really good point with Parler because I think it was this time last year, maybe two years yeah. ago, that's and yeah. Twitter intervened at that point with Amazon Web Services and had Parler kind of kind of booted off of that. There, I mean, it it does seem, and I always am really careful. I know what I know and I know what I don't, which is why we we have you on providing your expertise for our audience. But it 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 I understand the concerns about private business practices, but it does seem weird when you have companies like Apple that can control this entire marketplace with the App Store and uh, you know these other tech companies where they can actually deprive customers of that competition that gives us those choices when you when you look at the at, at apple and their footprint do the some of the antitrust arguments that some have been making on the right do those make sense to you and and how do you how yes go ahead. yes they do look um when you have it first of all let me just say this being big is not illegal having a monopoly believe it or not is not illegal it's how you got it and what you do with it. and if you use if you use your monopoly power 
uh, you know, to uh, squash competition or to punish another company uh, or to raise uh, prices or to you know, gouge consumers, uh, then you are in fact opening yourself up for all sorts of antitrust trouble. The, the question I would have is whether this administration would actually really investigate it because they don't like Elon Musk and they don't like Twitter now under its new ownership. So would they actually uh, make the time to investigate? But I, you know, I think with the new Republican House of Representatives, uh, Tim Cook and and the people at Google would find themselves hauled before committees, uh, you know, before Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee, to find out what's going on. And I don't think anybody wants that kind of trouble. No, so I, I, I suspect a lot of this is hot air, uh, and and uh, you know, sort of everybody poking the tiger. Um, no. But we'll see what, what it really happens. Yeah, I would like to see what and I'd like to see some of those uh, the options that I think anyone would take. I'd like to see some of those uh, articulated a little bit more because right now mm-hmm. everything is so vague. We're talking we're talking right now uh, with Robert Bork Jr. with BorkGroup.com. The the other accusation that comes into play here that goes along with the antitrust issues is these platforms that are accused of acting as agents of state. We've had you know, Jen Psaki yeah. and others with the administration. They've been up there on the uh, it, it, during the press avails saying verbatim that they did reach out to whether it's Facebook or Twitter and for the purposes of misinformation, ask them to uh, effectively censor certain accounts or certain narratives. That comes into play, it seems, when there's the discussion of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, because then isn't that I mean, doesn't that kind of make you more of a if you're acting as an agent of state, that is censorship. And I don't see how that's also protected when you look at the way that the that Section 230 I I, for the record, I'm not I'm not one of those people that want to get away, do away with Section 230. I think it just, you know, you need to have a maybe have it it edited. But you need to fix it or add some additional exactly. law and regulation there. More transparency, frankly, to but, make but more are they, speech possible. But they're not protected from any kind of, of legal action. If they're acting as agents of state, they're not just a facilitator. They're, well, they're frankly, a publisher. Look, if they're operating privately and, you know, because they have terms of service or whatever, and they say, look, we don't want, we're going to take this down. I wish they would take more stuff down, like all the terrorism and illegal drug sales stuff that, you know, happens on their platforms. But if, they, if they're acting privately, that's one thing. If the government comes in and tells them to do it or asks them to do it, now you uh, you implicate the, the actual First Amendment, which the government shall make no law, you know, restricting speech. So then that's a real problem. And then, then, then the government would have to get in, I think. And certainly the Republicans in the House and the Senate would start leaning on the administration to investigate that. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, this this is a very very fraught area, uh, this uh, free speech stuff. Because you understand these companies are publishers, and they need to have some protections to help make all of this speech function. Otherwise, there will be no speech on the you know on the platforms. That was the idea, but of course it's gone too far. It's become too ideological, and uh, and we just need to have methods uh, in place to ensure that if you get banned or blocked. Um, you have recourse. What is the best way you think, in your opinion, to deal with particularly the issue of Twitter? And and, uh, the last question I'll have for you centers on Apple and China, but particularly with Twitter and, you know, the criticisms coming from Washington. I mean, I I, I don't see any need for DC to intervene. Uh, What are, how should we go about this? What's the best practice here? 
Easy to intervene in what precisely? It, well, and with regulation, some of what, what whether it's Ed Markey or Markey, what he has said, uh, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren talked. Well, we need to look at what they're doing. We need to look at, uh, you know, if they're if they're actually keeping hate speech off yeah. the platform. Yeah. Well, they didn't say that when Jack Dorsey was running it. So you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and of course, you, I, I know your audience is intelligent enough to hear that stuff and just dismiss it for what it is, which is uh, liberal hoo ha. But uh, you know, that's not going to happen. Last question for you the, on the issue of Apple, because we, we've been discussing free speech and antitrust. The airdrop feature that Apple phones, we had a headline earlier this week where Apple, for only the phones that were sold in China, they had suspended the airdrop feature, meaning you didn't even need the, the Internet. You could just create a network between phones. And it was incredibly successful with protesters in Hong Kong, which right. is why CCP definitely wanted to squash it. So for the phones, the actual phones that were sold to mainland China, they actually they had disabled that feature. It could Well, they, it could only operate for 10 minutes at a time, and then you had to go in and manually do it so they could disrupt that network. That's you have an American company that is helping the CCP essentially suppress speech. I just find that incredibly interesting in the context of the conversation we were just having about Apple and Twitter. And I just wanted to get, you know, your 30,000 foot Look, view. I, I, I have two thoughts. One, let me just point out something very interesting connecting Elon Musk back into this. Elon Musk is flying his little uh, satellites over Ukraine so that they can communicate and fight the Russian. In the meantime, Apple is facilitating. Uh, you know, that crushing of speech and dissent in China. I think, frankly, anybody who's doing business in China, making anything in China, ought to be looking at other places to make it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know there, during the Trump administration, there was an effort started to, to try to move production, American production, out of China. I don't think it's gone very far, but that's something we ought to be doing. Yeah, I completely that would be agree. a way to deal with some of this stuff. Uh, repatriate some of that manufacturing so we could be less yeah. dependent and not have to worry if we hurt their feelings for the lack of a better way to put it. Uh, Robert Bork Jr. You can find him at Robert underscore Bork underscore Jr. on Twitter. We have that also in the lower third as well. And you can also find him at BorkGroup.com. Really enjoyed our conversation. We'd love to talk with you. Thank again. you, Dana. Thank you so Good much. To you. Good to see you too. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. And that is why... This year, as part of America's largest investment in fighting the climate crisis in history, we secured $720 million for tribes across the nation to help fund native-led climate projects. Why don't don't you just let let allow people to own their own land on reservations instead of having to lease at their Bureau of Indian Affairs, Democrats? Hmm? Seems like that would be... Maybe the smart thing to do. Oh, heaven forbid. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of our, actually, it, towards the end of our third hour here. And uh, this Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. I have to, this, I, I meant to get to this story earlier. I apologize for not doing so. But uh, the Netherlands, they're closing up to 3,000 farms to comply with the EU ESG rules. I mentioned this briefly the nitrogen reduction this is all of the dangerous esg which by the way i saw a headline uh just a moment ago and pull this up so desantis apparently pulled two billion dollars from blackrock in a major anti-esg deinvestment he deinvested from the esg blackrock stuff they uh jimmy patronus is the state cfo 
they said that the treasury he oversees that they are moving them as a manager of about 600 million in short-term investments because all of the ESG they don't want to they they do not it's not that's they have 8 trillion in assets BlackRock BlackRock has 8 trillion dollars in assets that's insane but it's the ESG thing that they've been promoting that's what they're dealing with here in the Netherlands they had just last month you didn't hear about this the photos are crazy an army of thousands of tractors took to the roads they caused the worst rush hour in dutch history with 700 miles of traffic jams the tractors went out and because the government is forcing them to give up their farms their livelihoods they because they're making everyone slash emissions use less nitrogen they're demanding you must sell us your farm and if you don't, we're going to take it. The purchases, the, it's not voluntary. It's compulsory. And they said that the farmers lobby group, LTO, LTO Nederland, said that their trust in government has been low for a long time. Well, obviously. And so apparently what they have to decide now, I guess their government, is whether or not enough farms have come forward to voluntarily close because they said that and they're all doing this before they say the biodiversity, whatever. You have to have nitrogen, uh, nitrogen, sorry, nitrogen permits um, in order to continue operating. They said that they want to create for opportunities for the construction of more homes. That's the scheme. The infrastructure and all of that. that now, see, how is that more biodiverse? You're telling them to sell their agriculture, their, their farming land. That's your food. Last month, they said the buyout schemes over the past 25 years, they've been trying to cut the number of cattle even that they've been dealing with. So this is all because of this ESG ruling in 2019. The Dutch Council of State, they wanted every new activity, every activity that emits nitrogen, including building or farming, you have to have a special nitrogen permit. I, so I'm glad that there are some here in the U.S. This is going to be a major issue of Congress because the Biden administration, we just talked about this, they're allowing fiduciaries to, re, to invest retirement funds into these Andy Puzder wrote a really great piece on this he said Biden wants to raid your 401k to fund net zero the ESG and diversity the DEI stuff and, and ESG this is crazy they had their they had this new rule that they released the Biden's Department of Labor it's the listen to this prudence and loyalty in selecting plan investments and exercising shareholder rights Right. And it mean it requires fund managers to make investment decisions. I mean, that's for you're supposed to make investment decisions for the people you're investing for. They're trying to do this ESG stuff to make sure that, oh, well, they can only they want to they want to force people to make determinations on investments based on equity and ESG, not necessarily what's best. Right. For the beneficiary. That's insane. That's your. We're going to talk more about this tomorrow. Today in Stupidity, Kane. Oh, boy. Dr. Ashish Jha. You know oh, you love Dr. Jha. He's talking to Nicole Wallace. Now, you remember how this used to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Yes. Listen to what it is now. 
the Washington Post reporting that of the 300 people a day that are dying, they are largely unvaccinated. Is that still the case? Yeah, what we have right now is people who are largely under-vaccinated. So oh, under-vaccinated. So it's not the unvaccinated. It's just you didn't get enough of them. Oh, so that's the new talking that's point. That's what it is. So uh, to me, that's stupid. Oh, boy. Folks, that does it for us today. Have a wonderful evening. Make sure you sign up, subscribe to Chapter and Verse on Substack. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, like, and subscribe. And we will finish out this week tomorrow together. Have a great night.